Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, my good friends at the Domination Sports Nation, where I stop by to talk the world of sports. Go ahead and check out the Domination Sports Nation, the Lakers Fast Break, where we're covering all the latest news and trends in the NBA and, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. And also, as well, Vampires and Vitae. A new season is coming right around the corner, so Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and her husband, Robbie, are looking forward to that, plus their whole crew. Go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest news and information on the world of Vampires of Vitae. Plus, also as well, she does a lot of great things, including the Forbidden Lands right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So go ahead and check it out. Indeed, she is a mastermind of tabletop RPGs. So go ahead and check out what Melinda is doing today in the world of the pop culture cosmos. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is that mastermind behind everything that we do here at the pop culture cosmos on tabletop RPG action with the Forbidden Land, Vason, and also as well, Vampires and Vitae, a new season coming up. Good friend indeed, a person who went to AEW's recent pay-per-view event, it's a good friend. Double or nothing. Good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check it out anytime she is on the air. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you here, my friend. I am back. Vacation's over. Pop culture just keeps on rocking and rolling. You look so rested. <sighs> yeah, well, my I wasn't. Goodness. I tried, you know, going to Canada, Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. seeing my son in Seattle, seeing some family there. Uh, it was actually a really good trip. Got to see a lot of good things in pop culture. I kept on showing you a lot of good stuff. The Funko Pop Museum, the Microsoft Store, went all over the place. Pink Gorilla, another castle in Seattle. Went to a lot of good stuff there in the Pacific Northwest and had one heck of a good time, let me tell you. Yeah, it felt like all the Xbox stuff was propaganda, though. I got to be honest. I was trying to <laughs> give you a little bit of a hint there, Melinda, a little bit of a hint. But we've got a great show lined up for you. But before we go ahead into what's available on today's program, I want to make sure if there's anything. Everything's okay. You know, I know, like I said, you went to the AEW's Double or Nothing event that you got a chance. What was it like for your first pro wrestling event? Well, I mean, I've, I've seen like B tier WWE stuff back in Canada, like twice I was supposed to see the undertaker and he didn't show up either time. But Mm. this was the first time I actually got to like a a real, like pay-per-view top tier wrestlers showing up. And it was really fun. I think, I don't know if it was more fun or less fun because I really didn't know the majority of the wrestlers. I know shame on me, but I, 
I think that almost made it more fun. Like Robbie and I, as the entrances came out, we chose our favorite based on the entrance, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we had a, we had a lot of fun that night. It was great. All eat wrestling. You know, I give them all the credit. They do try to put on a good show and double or nothing has been their, their biggest show of the year. That's the one they originally based off of uh, their inception was double or nothing here in Las Vegas. Uh, not too long ago in the past. So, Wish them continued success and glad you had a good time. Speaking of professional wrestling, I do want to go ahead and say our condolences to the family of the Iron Sheik who passed away this past week. One of the most colorful characters in all of pro wrestling history, a former WWE champion or WWF at that time. He is the bridgeway between the past as far as the older past and, and also giving up the title to Hulk Hogan to then create the, you know, obviously the, modern age of wrestling with hulkamania and and obviously everybody knows what's happened since but yes uh, my condolences to the family of the iron sheik and uh, even though i do love the city of anaheim immensely uh, you know being from southern california i still love those promos that he used to do when they you know, said they were coming to anaheim he would intentionally mispronounce anaheim and get frustrated by it he would go anaheim you know yeah. he was, and it was it was just his thing and it, you know he just loved creating that kind of controversy and very sad to see him no longer part of twitter even his later years he was a very active part of twitter and and people were following him there but yes the iron sheik has passed away this week at 81 and our, our condolences to his family I do want to say before we go ahead on the uh, rest of the show, I want to ask you, Melinda, are you creating any controversies while we're on vacation time? I mean, not intentionally. Did I do something that I wasn't aware of? Well, I'm just making sure because all the scuttlebutt right now is about scandals and Mm. and things that are going on as far as uh, misdeeds and you know, people uh, doing things behind each other's back. You know, I was, I didn't know if this was like going to be like uh, Vanderpump rules. You're going to change it to pop culture cosmos rules, you know, <laughs> and that my new name would be, or your new name would be, you know, instead of Scandoval, it would be like Scando Gerald or something. Scando right. Linda. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, oh, you know, what a speaking. great wrestler's name. Yeah. Scando Linda. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> Watch Actually, the scandal fly. I think I'd be more of a manager than an actual wrestler, though. Okay. I don't think my knees could take wrestling anymore, but I could I could be a manager and help them cheat in the ring. That would be oh, so fun. Oh, absolutely. See, there you oh, go. Cheating. man. Yep. Right back into Vanderpump Rules, which is getting <laughs> all the controversy and all the name and notes for Bravo's show, Vanderpump Rules. And there you go. So I just wanted to mention that on the air. But we've got a great show lined up for everybody. Got much to discuss on today's show, catching up, everybody. I know the summer of gaming, Jeff Keeley. I am happy to see that there's a lot of news coming out of one of his two great shows that he does each year, the summer of gaming. So we'll go ahead and report on that. Plus also swell. Melinda's played. I'm just, I'm actually, Melinda, I'm surprised Melinda's here. I'm surprised she's still not in front of a console playing Diablo 4. So we'll hear her thoughts on that. Also as well, Apple Pro Vision is a new VR. And which Apple debuted in its latest press conference. And we'll talk about if Melinda's ready to fork over $3,500 to get into the world of VR. Plus, Max is the idol. Why is it so controversial? And uh, Netflix has called to action movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger in their you know recent campaign. Has it worked so far? So we'll talk about that on the show as well. <laughs> 
But first, my friend, it is Transformers Rise of the Beast this weekend. Uh, coming off the successful run so far for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh, doing extremely well. One of the best uh, rated and uh, best uh, grossing uh, weekends for a animated film. Coming on the heels of the what, what just a $1.3 billion success story for Super Mario Brothers. You know, that obviously is going to be very fierce competition for Transformer Rise of the Beast. I think the best and funniest way that you could go ahead and describe Transformers Rise of the Beast is the advertising campaign that says, you know, one of the taglines, the box quotes is, it's the best one since the first one. And I'm like thinking to myself, have any of them been actually really good or good at all? I mean, depends on who you talk to. It's got a nice, huge international following. Bumblebee, I will give credit. That's the one with John Cena. That one commercially didn't do that great, but it was uh, actually critically lauded. But for the most part, the Transformers Rise of the Beasts, the Transformers series, reminds me a lot of the Fast and Furious where you just, it's, you know, if you try to go ahead and really think deep into the lore and deep into the, uh, the whole overarching themes or even try to follow what's going on in the movies, you just end up going, huh? Yeah, it's best not to think too deep into the Transformer movies, really. Yeah. And I, re you know what? In defense of the first Transformers movie with Shia LaBeouf, I really did enjoy that movie. I, you, you know, are I, the old, you're, I mean, no I guess you... way with the mom in that movie and the way that she was like, the government doesn't lie to us. There were great moments in that movie. Okay, come if on. you say so. There was good come, stuff on. There. come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay, it, you made a ton of money. Yeah. And it has a huge international following. And we're seeing, even if with the numbers for Fast and Furious movies latest, the numbers domestically, it, it's kind of a weird box office. And one thing I want to do next week is a box office checkup mm -hmm. with some of the box office you know, results from international and domestic on some of the latest movies. So we're seeing with Fast. I have a feeling that the Transformer movie is going to do well overseas, but here in the States, I'm not so sure. It may be a it may be a bit of a miss. I, I yeah. I I'm I'm agreeing with you there. I'm just not really seeing a whole lot of hype around the movie. You know, I'm I'm seeing way more about Diablo Four than I am about the Transformers movie. This time, the Transformers movie is still getting a lot of hype overseas, and I think that's where they're laying their importance on mm -hmm. it. I think that's just right now. It's just they they get fifty to sixty million the first weekend here domestically. I think that's a win for them. I just think, again, it's a movie that a lot of people around the world enjoy, like the Fast and Furious movies. And I think that's where, uh, quite opposite of The Little Mermaid, where the movie right. is predominantly making a lot of a headway here in the States. So it's seemingly, I think that that's where their most of their advertising dollars may lie. Yeah, and what I find interesting about that is all of that controversy about the casting leading up to the movie has been silenced after the movie came out go figure go figure go mm -hmm. figure it's going to be very interesting to see if this movie can can actually reboot the franchise it's been a couple years since uh the most recent transform movie which is, did not meet the financial expectations you know, buoyed upon it and it's another hasbro property which you know with hasbro and e1 all the the relationship with each other as far as the projects that they're doing and the Hasbro film part of it and the Hasbro overall with Dungeons and Dragons 
Honor Among Thieves did not make the kind of money. I don't think that, uh, you know, that I think that Hasbro was expecting. So I think a lot of pressure's on Transformers to go ahead and produce for Hasbro and see if we can get something going out of it. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I, I just don't know that it's going to do it, unfortunately. But also, maybe Hasbro should eat a little crow for a little while. I don't know. That's that's just my D&D heart speaking, though, I think. So I'll, maybe uh, I'll take that back. I don't know. I, again, I'm very sad for Honor Among Thieves because I thought yeah. that was a pretty good movie. I thought that was a fun movie. I thought that was a good popcorn movie that, that people should embrace. And if you can catch it on Paramount Plus, which is available right now on, I think you should go and do it. Sorry, it didn't make the kind of numbers worldwide that I think it deserved. But Transformers Rise of the Beast, it actually is getting okay reviews. So it might be something which actually would be on the higher end of the Transformer movies. So might want to go ahead and check it out. Again, if you haven't checked out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a very well-loved and well-received sequel to one of the best animated movies of the past 10 years. So definitely looking forward to seeing how that stacks up against each other. And then, of course, in this hotly contested box office race, we've got, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones, excuse me, hey, you know, right around the corner. We got some other stuff heading in July, Oppenheimer, Barbie movie, Mission Impossible, a lot of stuff, Atomic City, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that's going out there, my friend. The, the race is not over here for your dollar at the box office. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But the, the race is still on to figure out which movie it is that's going to get me back into the theater. <laughs> mm, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens indeed. But I want to hear your thoughts out there on Transformers Rise of the Beast. Do you think it's worth going back to the theaters to see this new evolution, this new changing of the new Transformers Rise of the Beast and see if this is something you want to get into and get back into Transformers. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friends, so much more to talk about on today's program. But before we talk about any of the latest news that is going on, whether it's Street Fighter VI, Apple ProVision, Max the Idols, Summer Game Fest news, or Netflix, I thought I'd give you some time to go ahead and share some thoughts about your journey to hell in Diablo. I am having the best time playing this video game. Okay. Like, the best time. And I... What I found interesting is, so with Diablo 3, right, I, I've played it so much and for so long that I have the skill tree and have like how to optimize all of your armor and your gear and all of that stuff. I, I've had that going on uh, for so long now that it's interesting to boot up a Diablo game and have to relearn a lot of that stuff and it's and i find that uh, it's a bit tighter with the loot drops and stuff like that um and uh, it it's just it's making the game far more challenging for me again this time around so i'm i'm just really enjoying stepping up to to that challenge and uh robbie is playing as a necromancer i'm playing as a sorceress and yeah it's just the most fun it's i'm just i'm thrilled i'm so happy about the game 
I'm glad it's working out for you. You were hoping upon all hoping. I remember our controversy when we weren't sure if it was actually coming out on PlayStation yeah. or not. Still, well, actually, you can't because Blizzard's still a non-Microsoft property at this point in time. But it is highly promoted on the Xbox platform. In fact, there's an Xbox Series X that Melinda can get for herself with Diablo 4. Bundled I saw with that. It. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so be that as it may, uh, it has actually been very successful. I think those ads at the bus signs I showed you in Vancouver actually ended up working really well because it is the most popular Blizzard game of all time. I believe I sent you that note on. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I just, I, it was funny. It was almost like I was on vacation with you and the family. Yes. <laughs> Tried to make sure you were up to date on what we were yes. doing. You know, I loved it. Oh, I loved Diablo it. Four. I know you wanted me to go ahead and break the law and break into one of those bus stops and yeah. And poster but i you know i had to resist the urge because i really didn't know how to pack it anyways getting it over the border but i will say though that uh, it has done very very well again it's so much great reception for you know not too many bugs not too many issues technically there was a technical issue earlier today i think getting on but i think there was a code error but i think it's been quickly resolved I know the microtransactions, they're not pay to win, but still people are kind of saying, mm, not liking this for a $70 game. Yeah, I. you know what? I haven't come across one in the game yet. So, and I mean, I haven't been like dedicating all of my time to it, which I'm kind of annoyed about. I should be level 70 something by now, but I'm, you know, I'm at like a humble level 26 and um, I haven't come across any of the microtransactions yet. So it's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm just saying when the paddle pass and everything out there, because the game went officially live for everyone earlier this week. So I know yeah. a lot of people uh, were hit with that. So we'll see what happens there. Blue Magic says hi. Devotion says hi, Gerald and Melinda. Love the new hair, Melinda. Seems new. Through the Wire says you both are awesome. Tears of Joy says I need to get back into gaming. Yes, you uh, do. Absolutely. Yes, you do. Absolutely. <laughs> and Diablo 4 will take you straight to hell. Yes, yeah, I guess for in the best we, way possible. In the best way possible, I say most of people are having fun with it. It seems like a really good game. I did play stretches of it myself, as far as in the trials and the beta tests. I do plan to go ahead and play it at some point in time. Looking forward to getting in as a group, uh, as part of a group game, because it is a four-player co-op. To me, that's I told you earlier. I think that's the best way I will enjoy it is through a group. You're liking it most for the most part, as a grind fest for yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just traditionally how I've played Diablo. I, I've been, like, in groups and, and played um, uh, mainly, though, like, through those high-level rifts uh, from Diablo 3. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the grind. I like the grind um, when it comes to Diablo. So I think that... Um, a lot of the the fun of the game for me is, is just trying to get through it solo. But I really do think that there are some of those final bosses and some of the dungeons uh, that are absolutely meant to be a group of people taking them on. Uh, there are there are a few dungeons that I had to walk away from. I'm so sad about it. But um, you know, you get all the way through it, and the fifth time you get through it, and the fifth time you don't beat the boss, I'm just like, eh, maybe I'll just walk around for a while. <laughs> so you're gonna buff up, but you're gonna return to it. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I. That's that's the plan, and okay. I'm I'm really trying to figure out because it's supposed to play, be, if I'm not mistaken, um, a couch, uh, share game as well, right? I'm not sure about the couch co-op. I have not seen the couch co-op actually being demonstrated. So I, I do know it's online co-op as far okay. as for 
up to I four thought players. it was couch co-op, and I, we, no, Bobby, I I've been they, trying to figure it out. I think they they nixed that feature. Most developers these days, when it comes to like Halo, Halo Infinite that came out uh, what last year and whatnot, that ditched the the couch co-op during development. As far as just cost and time issues, they usually will ditch that first because that for a lot of people that is considered an antiquated part of gaming, it seems to come back in trends. When it's something important to a lot of people, it does rise up, but then see people seem to forget about that option, especially in the online gaming space. I have a feeling at some point in time, one game will actually excite people to go ahead for couch co-op once again, but it's, I don't think yeah. Diablo is it. I just, all the games I've seen represented have always been online co-op. So I'm a feeling that it's, there's no co-op, couch co-op this time around. Well, like Robbie and I do so much stuff together. I mean, we we game together, we run games together, we run games for each other, and not being able to play a game that we both love together at the same time um, is uh, is not as much fun as I like. You know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. It, I would really enjoy it if I was able to play with Robbie as well uh, from the same couch. Because what would happen right now is I would have to go out and get a completely another a di- second PlayStation setup, put him somewhere else in the house, and then we could play together that's not the way that I want to do it though. No, no, but I know, but it's just something again that, because remember they get at all the stats, the developers and the publishers gets all the stats on exactly Mm -hmm. how people play the game, which enemies they fight, how they progress, which characters they choose a whole line. It's all just put out there for analysis and numbers. One of the things that they look at with developers, these, you know, with these games is how much people play co-op. Yeah. In this case, online co-op, but also beforehand in the previous games, they how much did they enjoy couch co-op, which tells them how much they should prioritize it when building a new game. Right. Yeah, makes sense. But it's just something that I I'm I am missing it tremendously in Diablo 4. Lifted's asking, is there a good game right out now that is a great version of a hunting game, like the old school deer hunter or duck hunting games? The only ones that I know of that are that are down that line is the cabela games and the latest cabela i can look up for you but the cabela games those are the games that are attached to almost every system that's out there they don't come out at the most expensive prices so they usually come out at budget pricing and they are for specifically a crowd that does like their hunting games so cabela i will see what look up as far as that's concerned i know that that's a that's a niche market and it actually has has succeeded for Cabela video games for the past few years. But I'm just saying right now when it comes to Diablo 4, exactly someone that's ready to get into it. They've seen the commercials, Melinda, including today in the Stanley Cup game that we were watching. There, mm-hmm. there it was. So I want to ask you this. When it comes to Diablo 4, while I look up this for Cabela, sure. your thoughts again on why people should check out Diablo 4. I mean, if you if you've played any of the Diablo games, um, then I think that this is a, a pretty easy sell for you as a player. But if you are not, a, you know, if this is going to be the first Diablo property that you pick up, um, it's it's a dynamic game. The graphics look fantastic. Um, the enemies are challenging, and uh, I love the storyline. I love the cutscenes. You know, usually you just skip all of that stuff. I watch every single one of them to make sure that I don't miss out on any of the story or the plot that I'm chasing and stuff like that. Um, no, I, I'm really, really enjoying the game. I can't recommend it enough. I probably talk about it a little bit too much to people around me, and I think they might be tired of hearing about it, but uh, I can't help myself. 
Lifted says for some reason first person shooting games are too stressful, but uh, I can handle hunting games. I don't blame you. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, they are, especially uh, the older we get, a lot of the reaction times and things of that nature it does get more stressful. A lot of people choose third person or they go to back to platformers or they go to other RTS and things of that nature. So it'd be interesting to see which way, uh, you know, how successful Diablo 4 can go. But uh, I really think uh, Diablo 4 is going to be, be a big hit. So uh, Condor, I've got that question. I've got that lined up. So I got your question <laughs> right there for you. It's on Apple Vision Pro. We'll go ahead. In fact, we'll go ahead and hit that right now. But if you have thoughts on Diablo 4 and how much are you enjoying it, are you like Melinda and enjoying your trip to hell? Please let us know with Diablo 4, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, Apple did debut, among some other things, they did debut Apple's Vision Pro VR headset, which is supposed to be amazing and wonderful, which to me still looks like a VR headset yep. that you still have to put on. And I have had VR headsets on in the past. I'm really not loving the vr scene i'm just as you know i'm not a big proponent of it because i think it's still way even back to the virtual boy and and whatnot i just think it's cumbersome and it's still not a great way to experience augmented or virtual reality i think that what i saw with the luma room with microsoft is probably the future at some day mm -hmm. for people out there to experience more like the star star trek holodeck is what i would probably equate it to but yeah it is apple's visions pro it is something that's as far as the, the camera, the graphics, everything is souped up intently, you know, multiple times over PSVR 2 or uh, the new MetaQuest 3, which they had just announced. I, I feel sorry for Facebook, aka slash Meta, because they just announced their 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 MetaQuest 3. And wouldn't you know, the next week, Apple Vision Pro you know, comes out or at least gets announced. The problem is, though, it's $3,500. So let me ask you this, Melinda. If you're not one of the rich and famous on each week on Robin Leach's old show, I don't see a whole lot of people clamoring for a $3,500 VR headset. However, the Apple fans are Apple fans. And I can see them going ahead and finding a way to be able to afford to have this just to be able to say that they have it like the diehard apple fans they're they're the people that they're marketing this to they're not marketing it to the schlubs like us i I'm, I'm assuming you're right because all the tech heads that are out there or the wall street brokers that have their you know that have their apple everything and mm -hmm. uh, their apple i cars and you know the buy plays and their car and all that stuff and you know they have everything that's apple in their life They'll probably, like you said, clamor for it. But yeah. to me, you know, okay, watching a movie in a VR-like experience, you know, all that's fine. But I'm, I still have a helmet on. I still have, you know, vision glasses. You know, uh, there's, it's still, to some extent, a VR headset. And to me, I think until that gets that point, until that's removed, and Condor, I'm getting back to your question on how you think apple visions pro product will impact gaming i think it will uh you know obviously give developers that choose to invest into it a much more powerful entity similar to the high-end pcs that are out there that they can go ahead and play with but the problem is 
the prohibitive price point that Blue Magic mentioned, $3,500, it is just so difficult to go ahead and market that to a large audience and get that over. It just It just seems to me that's another roadblock for the VR industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the stuff that I saw about this one, it just it just looks like a scuba a scuba mask. Like, isn't it? Are we not at a point in technology where you can I actually those wore more one like in Hawaii? Set? Yes. But like, died. are we not ready for just some glasses like Google did years ago? Like, is this are we not? What? I'm again, I, I just think the future uh, you will not get a buy in from the general public at large until they make it absolutely easy to do either putting on glasses like yours, like you said, the Google glasses, mm-hmm. you know, ramped up or something to what I was talking about, where it's just an Luma room where you don't even have to go ahead and do anything, but just walk in and be there and experience it all. It was simply, you know, just like a, a step up from the connect, the connect right. failed, but the concept of you being able to just be in there, move and react. And it will obviously read you, you know, your entire movements and be able to express that on screen in, in this case in the room, which i saw in e3 many years ago was just awesome because it just covered the entire room which is exactly i think the future of the way it should go until you get rid of the glasses you will not get a buy-in from the majority of the the public at large it's just yeah, that well, simple well, especially not with a 3500 hundred dollar price tag on it yeah so uh, Tears of Joy says, what changes, improvements would both of you suggest for the gaming industry? We're going to cover that next, but I tell you what, uh, before we do, your final thoughts on the Apple Vision Pro before we head on out. It doesn't do a single thing for me. Not a thing. I have never been more uninterested in something. What are your thoughts out there on the Apple Vision Pro? Too expensive at $3,500 or you think it will revolutionize the world of entertainment, the way we experience things, the way we experience as far as the virtual reality as we know it. Will it be the game changer, the next game changer for Apple? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here at the PC Multiverse. Condor says it's just a matter of time before Jeff Bezos makes an Amazon version of the Apple Vision Pro. If he sees money of it, if he sees money in it, absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. But also, uh, tears of joy before we head to the rest of the show. Also asks, what changes or improvements would both of you suggest for the gaming industry at large? I'm going to start with you, Melinda. So if you had the power to rave a magic wand over the gaming industry, what would you do? I mean, that's a big question. I need like two weeks to think about that question. Um, Oh, my gosh. No, seriously, that's huge. Um, But I do do think that you're right about – the uh the gaming system that operates more like a holodeck from star trek than it does like an actual 
thing that sits by your television and you hit power with a control stick. I, I think that you're right. I think that that's the way that things need to go. I think we're getting closer to that technology being reasonable for, for the average consumer to pick up. I think we're getting very, very close to it. I think the first edition of that that comes out is still going to be a little clumpy, a little, a little clumpy. Always. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be clumsy. It's going to have all kinds of glitchy things that happen. Um, so don't buy into the first gen of it. Don't do that. But just like the Connect, even the yeah. second Connect version, it still had a lot of rough edges to it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, I think that the technology is so close to that happening, and, and I think that that's going to be the right way to go. Plus, you know, you do have the treadmill thing where you can run in any direction, and you have mm -hmm. your little gun controller. Then you uh, for your first person shooter, first person shooter games, and and all of that stuff. I think that all of that um, is uh, correct. But I don't know that, like, where would you put that in your house? You can't just leave that in the middle of the living room. And it feels like too high of a piece of technology to just put in the closet to put away. It needs to be something that you would interact or actually built into a TV or some type of monitor system that you can interact. It should be an all-in-one. Yes. All-in-one entertainment, which would include interacting in a VR augmented reality type space. So mm -hmm. that's uh, definitely something I agree with you on that. For me, I just think at this point in time, the thing I would change or improve the most, I think, would be all these uh, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox at some point in time. You know, you're going to come to down to the digital future. I think at some point in time, the console, the future for consoles will end. And I think at some point in time, it'll just be publishers putting out on a platform like Melinda's talking about on a basic entertainment platform where mm -hmm. there will be no need for a console. Yeah. So I think that's probably the one thing I would probably look for as far as a change that would be a suggestion, because at some point in time, you know, like right now, Melinda talks about games that from time to time on Xbox that she wishes she could play, but she's so hardened against Xbox. <laughs> uh, or for me, I have to go ahead. If I want to play a game, sometimes I have to buy a PlayStation or I have to buy an Xbox or I have to buy a Switch. I would just like to, to be available on all these platforms and be one universal platform, again, based off of the monitor I see and just basing an all encompassing unit would be what I would look, be looking for. So. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a, a hyper um, forward moving uh, smart television really is kind of yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that would probably be something that is the future. Uh, how soon in the future will we live to see it? I'm not so sure, but we'll see through the wires as I can imagine time where you can play a game through your cable provider Actually, that was a period of time when I think cable systems were playing Sega games, when Genesis had a deal worked out with cable systems back in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken, that you could actually play Sonic games and other games uh, that were connected through the Genesis system through your cable system. So that didn't exactly work out very well. I know Google recently tried its own hand at that, something similar to that, and that didn't work out so well either on their own platform. But We'll see. There is a future, I think, beyond consoles, but it's not now, but it will be someday, in my opinion. Agreed. Here, here. What are your thoughts out there on changes and improvements you would like for the gaming industry? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And touching on something that Josh Peterson called me about, uh, he said, I disagree with you and Melinda. And Josh... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's coming back to us. So I want to make sure everybody knows for the pop culture cosmos. But my co-host for many years on the pop culture cosmos said I disagree with you and Melinda on what you would do for a startup for sci-fi. We made our suggestion in a recent episode and we mm -hmm. talked about that. He suggests the Chronicles of Riddick with Vin Diesel. I would say, you know what? I actually appreciated his opinion over the years. I think I'm going to go with what he says, and that'd be a great way to start sci-fi because again, then it gets you into pitch black, and then it gets you into whatever he's going to be doing soon with the Riddick character. So yeah, I'm thinking about it now. I think that might be actually a good way to get into sci-fi. I stand by the the suggestions that that we put forward. I mean, the Chronicles of Riddick is, is fine, but I feel like even that is a like a, a very specific type of sci-fi to sit down and watch. I was trying to keep things a, a little more broad for somebody who's just dipping a toe into the world of sci-fi. That's kind of mm -hmm. what I was trying to do. And I think that the Chronicles of Riddick is a, like a specific path to get you into sci-fi. And I was trying to give you like a boulevard. It's a niche audience that really appreciates it. In fact, because it's never done big numbers in the box office. As I talked to him, I said, that's pretty uh, kind of select, is it? Because it's never mm -hmm. found a way. But Vin Diesel loves it. That's all that matters. And in order <laughs> yeah. to get his fast movies done that Universal <laughs> loves so much, guess what they have to usually agree to yeah. in order to get to him to do the fast movies is doing another Riddick movie. And I believe another Riddick movie is on the way. Yeah, yeah. let me tell you, that That's Vin right. Diesel guy is no dummy. Yeah, no dummy indeed. Not uh, at all. Through the Wire says uh, they've loved the sci-fi recommendations in the previous episode. Again, I thought Dune was, was a great startup point as well, uh, especially with the Dune uh, movie coming out, book part two, sensational-looking movie coming out later this year that both Melinda and I are looking forward to. I think that will be the movie that gets her back into the uh, theater I'm thinking it. Ooh, I, maybe. It may be. Maybe yeah, my money maybe. is on that here, as we say in Vegas. But uh, I think that all the great suggestions from Josh, uh, from Melinda, myself. If you want to check out last week's episode right there for you, please go ahead and let us know what movies or, or TV programs do you think would get you into sci fi? Please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Go ahead. And, and don't forget about books because we talked about books as well. Yes. Yeah. Joe Melinda, are you big readers too? I am at times. I have because mm -hmm. of my schedule, I only can do it in binges. Uh, I like to do it on planes when I go and travel. Recently, I was able to on my trip back and forth, uh, catching up on biographies, the, the Lakers stuff I've read at times. So you really enjoy, uh, obviously, sci fi stuff as well. Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, I always love, I love audiobooks too because I've yeah. written so many podcasts on the road. Audiobooks are really underrated, I think. Uh, and they really shouldn't be. Audiobooks are fantastic. Um, but for for me, um, the the sacrifice that I've had to make is reading novels because I need to do so much research into my homebrew content for Dungeons and Dragons. I'm trying to learn uh, the Pathfinder 2E system uh, right now. Uh, plus, I've got a bunch of stuff on the back burner that I'm trying to get to. So right now, that seems to be taking up uh, the majority of the time that I would allot to... Uh, just sitting and reading for enjoyment. So I haven't had a chance to do it. A few books, though, have caught my attention that I really want to kind of get into. Um, but uh, I just, I haven't even had time to get to a bookstore to pick it up. So, Well, absolutely. Some great suggestions. Again, Melinda and I had a lot to talk about on last week's program. And then Josh dropping uh, a great suggestion with mm -hmm. Riddick. So if you enjoyed that, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
But before we hit the break, my friend, the success of Street Fighter VI. And we talked about it, the fighting game being up to notch. Uh, my friend uh, and co-host on the Lakers Fast Break, Joe Soro, his company that he has invested in uh, with the developer has just released some more footage for its fighting game called Corrupt. But I know as I talked to him back and forth this week, <laughs> I don't know if he's getting nervous or whatnot, but some big guns came out as far as some more gameplay footage for Mortal Kombat, which we'll talk about in a sec. But also as well, Street Fighter VI has come out to great acclaim and has evolved the fighting game genre, I think, immensely with all the variations that it's doing, a full story mode and campaign that differentiates it from the basic one-on-one -on -one fighting matchup, a gaming hub, both online and offline, that's allowing you to go ahead and explore the world even further. It doesn't force you to do anything you don't want to do and actually gets you into stuff that you do. The training modules are great. The action itself, the Street Fighter VI there, I think the only thing maybe I wish even more variation amongst the characters while still giving you the old standbys that i love so much i think a little bit more variation or even more characters would have been great but outside of that this is hitting a home run with audiences your thoughts on street fighter 6 as it's doing very well as a uh, i guess across the board but here's another one that was heavily promoted by playstation yeah, absolutely. And I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize for some reason that it was a full campaign with a full story and, and all of that stuff. On the side, if you want to choose to yeah. go down there, there's the traditional one-on-one -on -one battles. You mm -hmm. can do that. But then there's also a campaign slash training guide that you can go through that helps improve your stats, improve your scores, improve your skills to the point where you can feel a little bit more competitive on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Interesting. I like that. I really actually I like that a lot. Hmm. It's a little the story's a little bit hackneyed, a little bit, a little bit well. cheesy, but again, it's all done in tongue in cheek and good good favor from what I've seen. And it actually is a lot of uh, a little bit of fun there, but also helps create a little bit of a deviation. I know that sometimes when you start deviating a little bit from the main thing that and the main reason why you're there, that could be a little bit distracting. But in this case, after umpteen million stream fighters and mortal combats and and all the other fighting games that have been done over the course of the years where there's little variation among these fighting games mm -hmm. it's nice to see every now and then when a mortal combat did this thing too originally a few years ago when they had a, a version that came out with a full campaign um as far as added on to a full storyline indeed that was thrown into it i think it's fun when they can throw something in there like that yeah, absolutely. It it is fun. And uh yeah, it's I I can't think of another game like Street Fighter that has that story attached to it. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I anyway, I just think that's interesting. I'm intrigued by that. Now, if I go. could put down Diablo 4 for five minutes, I might pick it up, but I'm a little busy right now. Yeah, you are a little busy indeed. Yeah. You're at level 60? No, God, no. I wish I was. I think I'm at about 26 right now, getting close okay. to 27. So okay, it's not you... impressive at all, but it's uh, it's just been fun. Okay, because I, I I feel for the individual who got to level 100 and then it had all all of his, his work erased from oh what I goodness. remember. Yeah, yeah, there was had, a there yeah. there was a bug that that actually caused a reset and wiped his hundred level character clean. So I, yeah. I might throw my PlayStation out the window if that happened. And it happened on a live stream too. So <gasps> very frustrating, I'm from sure. Oh, I can't uh, even imagine. 
I can't yeah. even imagine. I would cry. I think I, I think I would ugly cry on the internet. There you go. Absolutely. But that would make for great video watching, I'm sure, for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, very entertaining. <laughs> very entertaining indeed. But I want to hear your thoughts out there. If you have thoughts on the latest Street Fighter, Street Fighter 6, we'll be talking about the Summer Gaming next, which includes Mortal Kombat. But what are your thoughts out there on Street Fighter 6, Apple ProVision VR, you know, all the stuff that's going on right now in pop culture? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, before we head to Summer Game Fest with Jeff Keighley, uh, Max is the Idol. I wanted to go ahead and give that a brief mention because it stars Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. A lot of controversial stuff, a lot of risque stuff going on there as far as the the pop star returning to hit status with a relationship with a, I think, a nightclub owner who's played by The weekend. In this case, Lily Rose Depp is the, the pop starlet. Your thoughts on this with Max coming out? They just got off the successful series with Barry and Succession, especially Succession, which everybody was talking about. Your thoughts if the idol can go ahead and pick up the, I guess, uh, the residual leftovers and gain its own audience? Oh, I think it's going to be able to. Um, and I'm also not that surprised because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm not that surprised to find out that a project that The weekend is involved in is a little sexy, is a little spicy. Not to be one of those people who I knew them when they weren't famous or I listened mm -hmm. to them before you knew who they were. But I can remember discovering uh, The weekend and urging my boss at the time to get it on the radio like as soon as possible. And he was like, nobody wants to listen to music this slow. That turned out to go. be incorrect. So what I'm trying to say is if you go back and you listen to the early stuff from the weekend, that is all like sexy, spicy music. It's good stuff. So I'm just not surprised to see that that's the tone that he's taking on a, his first acting project. Isn't that frustrating, though? You you sense something. You sense something that's there and you want to show it or demonstrate it out to the public and give them a chance to take it in and you see these things, you see it changing and you want to be a part of it. And you, you, you just, it just, mm, it just mm. like what's with the squeak games, squeak right? games. We were on yeah, at least a week, two weeks before everybody else. So, yeah. you know what? That's, uh, I'm sorry. Time to pat the back, Melinda, <laughs> yeah. you and I. Not absolutely. to say we knew ahead of everybody else, but we yes. knew ahead of everybody yeah. else. Well, I'll tell you what, though, uh, with the idol, though, I think it's uh, going to have some good success, uh, yeah. pretty good numbers. Uh, all depends mm -hmm. on how you take in the weekend and this acting performance and this acting skills, because, you know, sometimes it, it's good when when musicians become actors and sometimes it's not so good. This has a musician, but I think it's getting a lot better response. But again, it is the idol. Check it out today on Max. But let us know your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at Yahoo.com.
Well, my friend, before we head on out, I showed you the link to Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keeley's one of his two major shows of the year, one of the major industry leaders of video gaming, and he actually had a lot to show off and showcase. I think the one that hits everybody the most is the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's coming in early 2024, which is extremely vague, but they showcased a lot of the action that's going on and get some of the gameplay your thoughts on the final fantasy 7 rebirth coming to a console maybe near you i i'm confused didn't they just release like final fantasy 37 or something yeah it's a final fantasy 200 or whatnot final right. fantasy 16 <laughs> coming around the corner and all that yeah exactly final fantasy 16 that's yeah that's that's all yeah now final fantasy it's hard to keep up i Josh is our Final Fantasy expert, and I always kid him. It's like, again, it's like the Transformers and the Fix and the Fast and Furious movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I can't keep up. It's all yeah. over the place. And especially with you throw the numbers all over the place. But yeah, Final Fantasy Rebirth is coming. I think a lot of people that got a lot of people's interest out there, a lot of people excited, a lot of people were, were looking forward to it. Spider-Man 2 got a release date of October 20th. What do you know? That's just right before Black Friday. Mortal Kombat 1, I, we had talked about how I had issues with why are they going back and rebooting it, but this is, according to Ed Boon, who's the guy behind all the Mortal Kombats, this is a reboot of the series, taking it back after the events of the last Mortal Kombat, rebooting it to a new universe. Although, you know, coincidentally, it has a lot of the same characters, so it's kind of not a well, reboot, but... Yeah. Yeah. When you I start know. bringing in different timelines, see if, you know, things can, things can get a little crazy like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. but the, but the fighting itself is good. Plus they added a new feature called cameos where during the middle of the match, you can have like a run-in from another character that you select. So you literally for a few seconds can be fighting two on one against somebody. So it's kind of interesting as how they can throw them. It's almost like a, a different version of a special move. It's just that another character runs in, beats up on you for a second, and then gets out. And then, you know, you can do the same thing on your end. So that's going to be something interesting to see. If you got a chance to see the gameplay, I put it on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, as I did for a lot of the major news from the Summer Gaming Fest. There's another Sonic on the way. I know Josh is also a big fan of Sonic. So this is like the umpteenth revision or version of a Sonic game. They've been all over the place on whether or not they're good or bad. I mean, are you interested at all in any Sonic games coming out for you with Sonic no. Superstars coming out later this year? Not really. I don't think I've played a Sonic game since Sega Genesis. Does that yeah. sound like something that happened? That, yeah. That sounds like something. That, well, that was the major yeah. game yeah. behind Sega Genesis. So yeah. there you go. Absolutely on that. So. For all you Sonic fans uh, that are just into the movies and whatnot, but you do get another Sonic Superstars coming out later this year, 2D, 2D platform gaming. So hopefully you'll be able to go ahead and enjoy that. Alan Wake 2 finally got some more footage and that uh, it is coming on October 17th. So I know that, again, this is another one of this. This is just a lot of Josh games. And I'm going to be talking to him next week. So I'm going to hear his thoughts hopefully on that as far as this whole Summer Game Fest because a lot of what he likes is here. I know Star Trek Infinite, a real-time strategy game, was announced. Your thoughts on an RTS for Star Trek Infinite? Interested? I am. Yeah, a real-time strategy game to see if I could, you know, 
cut my teeth and sit in, you know, number one's chair or the captain's chair. Absolutely. I, I will take up that challenge. That sounds fun. Absolutely. So Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, to throw your confusion even more, that's getting a closed beta. So <laughs> again, all the stuff that's coming out of Final Fantasy is so hard to keep up. But again, if you're really into it, Final Fantasy Ever Crisis is getting closed beta. The Lord of the Rings is coming out. Return to Moria, that's coming out later this year. Power World is a Pokemon-like game, but with guns. Uh, you know, there's so many things that they showed off. John Carpenter collaboration and Toxic Commando. A lot of good stuff that was shown. Nothing that just, you know, put you on end. Or that was like, wow, got to go ahead and make sure we get that. But it was a lot of good stuff. And I, I was very impressed by what I saw at Jeff Keighley's Summer of Gaming. Yeah, there, there's definitely some some interesting stuff in there. And uh, I mean, the, the video is uh, on YouTube if you want to look it up and have a look. It, but get ready to sit down and, and spend some time with it because it's a long one. Absolutely. It is a long one. I, it is available, the link on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. You can go ahead and make sure you, you go ahead and click on that from there. But also as well, you get the latest news and notes from the world of pop culture right there on Pop Culture Gospels on Facebook. So if there was any particular games that you liked, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Summer Game Fest 2023. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But I also want to make a mention that on next week's Pop Culture Cosmos, I'm going to make sure we give you an update on the major thing that Melinda does not want to hear about the most, and that is the Xbox. <laughs> games press conference that is coming on sunday along with a full presentation on starfield you know a lot of them in which case melinda may not be able to get unless she gets an xbox hint 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 so we're going to be talking about that as a major part of our pop culture cosmos next week uh, gonna be some good stuff i imagine i'm i'm feeling it i'm feeling melinda come back for xbox a comeback pretty soon you got a little over six months until christmas i guess a little under six months until christmas gerald so if i need an xbox that bad xbox series s will be right <laughs> around 200 bucks that's all i say that's all i say indeed but before we head on out my friend i do want to ask you real quick mm. uh, and netflix has done a a recent new marketing campaign towards action movies and the action movies they've been putting out there like fubar and extraction 2 and all that with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the quote-unquote head of their action movie scene, as far as I'm concerned. I thought it's a, it's a neat little marketing campaign. Yeah, it absolutely uh, is. Absolutely. Your thoughts, though, do you think ultimately it's going to work out? But I think that what it all depends on the movies themselves, but FUBAR's done relatively well on the mm -hmm. Netflix Top 10, and of course, Distraction 2, just because it has Chris Hemsworth. And then, of course, you've got The Witcher Season 3. They just dropped the trailer for that, so... For all the action stuff that's going on on Netflix, it's a way to keep you interested, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as I love to kick back and watch some ancient aliens or ancient apocalypse or, you know, those kind of silly documentaries and stuff like that, uh, sometimes just putting on a, an action film so you can just zone out and munch on some popcorn and scroll on TikTok every once in a while, look up and watch a really cool fight scene, you know, that there's, there's nothing to be upset about there. You know, whether you like Netflix, you don't like the changes, don't like the password sharing that's been <laughs> given the axe, you don't like the uh, increase in prices and all that. They do put and make the effort to give you a lot of content. They don't make as much as they used to, but they still make probably more than anyone that's out there. And I think that's what to me is still matters the most is that, yes, again, they're not putting out what they did a year or two years ago when they had a movie like coming out every week. 
at one time and, and they were really just promoting that and they put out a lot of shows and stuff like that and i was really uh saying and you it know was what? good stuff yeah so, some of it was really good some yeah. of it was not but they were th they like throwing at the wall to see what sticks and i still give them credit because they're still even though they're not putting out as much they're still throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks yeah i honestly and i'm i'm not sure when it happened but i've become a bridgerton junkie I love me some Bridgerton. Not that I go to Netflix for all of my romance stuff, but uh, I've really enjoyed the series. I, I thought it was fantastic. So I'm, I'm glad to see that every once in a while when I'm not looking for Bridgerton and I'm looking for explosions, Netflix is going to be my go-to for that. There you go. Absolutely. Bridgerton, actually one of our more popular recent episodes when we touched on Bridgerton, when what was the uh, the hot thing that was out there? You're finally catching it now and uh, taking a look at it. So I'm yeah. glad you're enjoying it. But the, the Queen Charlotte stuff was so good. If you haven't seen it, please give it give it some time. It's so good. It's beautiful. Yeah. So Queen good. Charlotte's also been a very good. The mother with uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, mm -hmm. has been a very good uh, hit for them as well. So definitely looking forward to seeing what Netflix will still continue with. Again, they showed off and showcased at the Summer Game Fest of all places the latest trailer for season three that's coming out later this month for The Witcher 3 and Henry Cavill's last turn as The Witcher. It will be very, very interesting to see what Henry Cavill will do in his final go-around as The Witcher for season three, but that starts later this month. As far as part one, the first few episodes, they're they're breaking up. They're doing the Stranger Things thing where they're breaking yeah. up between two different months. So go ahead in late June and late July, this Witcher 3 and actually right there for you. We also have a link for that as well at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But my friend, it's been an outstanding episode. But besides Wizards and Wine, besides everything you're doing with the Forbidden Lands right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube, there is one thing that you need to talk about before we head on out that's debuting here in a matter of days. Which one? <laughs> Are you talking about Vampires and Vitae season three? Of course. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're so excited. Okay. So it's set in the Wild West. You're the one that's throwing the promos all over the place oh my for gosh. it. My goodness. I know. I know. I can't help myself. I've been wallpapering Facebook. But no, it's uh, it's set in the Wild West. Traditionally speaking, um, our games have kind of broken away from the standard vampire game where you have the Camarilla or Camarilla, depending on, you know, the era that you're playing in, which is like kind of like the establishment for vampires. And then there's the Anarchs. This Wild West campaign is going to be a little more Anarch than it is establishment. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out. I actually haven't played in an Anarch campaign before, so uh, I'm excited for that. Robbie, our storyteller, he's he's firing on all cylinders. I've loved every single idea that he has given me. I don't know which ones are actually going to be included in the season, so uh, I'll be as excited as everybody else maybe a little bit more insight than some, but we're really excited. We're already really proud of this season and we haven't started playing it yet. So we're just, uh, we're very excited. We've upgraded uh, some of our tech for the stream as well. So we're still kind of fine tuning that. And uh, yeah, we're taking baby steps and making a bit of progress and hopefully you'll be able to join us and, you know, get a, get a little vampire fix. There you go. Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when season three coming around and around the corner in about a week, mm -hmm. a little over a week from now, going to debut. So look forward to today 
Vampires so much pressure. A week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, who is not part of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Should I call you Scandalinda? Scandal yeah, Scandalinda, is that what it was? Yes. Scandalinda, yeah. I mean, sure, it's my wrestler name that we've decided. Nope. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So for Scandalinda Barkhouse Ross, <laughs> this is Scandogero Glassford. It's <laughs> another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.